Today the council confronts Ludolf and Diedrich leaves a mysterious note to the party. Then our adventurers follow a lead into the sewers of Middenheim. I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. And welcome back to the Blood and Betrayal Campaign Diaries. We will continue where we left off last time, with the party sleeping at the inn, the last drop. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the last drop? Yeah, that's the name. At the last drop. <laughs> so they, they awaken and decide that they should return to Ludolf's temple, to the Temple of Sigmar in Midnight. They, they work their way back to instruct and to inform the masters there about this new undertaking that they have to, I guess, investigate mm-hmm. the, the the murder of Father Morton. Yeah, and then uh, Ludolf is quickly um, brought in front of the council of the Temple of Sigmar when he, where he is um, being told that it wasn't a great idea to take on the investigation as an initiate. Mm-hmm. And so the there he meets, uh, well... We meet uh, Father Weistras, um another high priest who's um, very nice to uh, Ludolf. There's uh, Father Percival, who's always disliked him mm-hmm. for an unknown reason. And there's high, high Capitular Stoltz, who's basically the leader of the church in this uh, city. And, I mean, the general consensus of this council is that Ludolf should not have taken on this this undertaking. It's far above his pay grade, so to say. You know, he's mm-hmm. not even a priest yet. To be investigating the murder of Father Morton, who was a high-ranking priest, mm-hmm. isn't something he should be doing. But at this point, what, what can be done? He's already confirmed to the city guard that he was going to take it on. So to, to be changing that would be to be kind of going against the word of what someone from their their group has said it, it would look bad basically yeah and the, the the church wanted to like basically steal this investigation from the commander from the city watch but now that there's someone of sigmar in the group they're like well we already gave you the investigation but it's under our, our umbrella yeah so not much they can do here <clears throat> except for let ludolf continue with his group yeah. But but Father Percival does make a severe warning. He says to, to Ludolf and to the party, if, if you don't figure this out, you're going to be cleaning latrines for the rest of your life. For as long as you're within the Temple of Sigmar. So you better figure this stuff out. You know, he's, he's really almost verbally aggressive with Ludolf in front mm-hmm. of all the other council members. So with Percival raising the stakes on the, basically the consequence of not fulfilling the mission, Father Weierstrass, uh takes the opportunity to also even uh, raise the stake even more by saying, well, actually, because it's such an important mission, if he succeed at finding the murderer and solving the case, um, then he should give, be given his priesthood that he's been waiting for so long. Mm-hmm. So Ludolf is like... He feels the pressure. Yeah, he feels the pressure. He's happy because he has, at last, an opportunity to prove himself. But at the same time, he kind of messed up a little bit. So, um, Ludolf leaves the council and with a new vigor where he Mm -hmm. uh, 
rejoins the group and says, okay, we need to figure this out and basically establishes himself as some sort of, some sort of leader in the group. As, as he's discussing this to the party, he couldn't help but notice that Diedrich is absent. And just as they notice his absence, a letter is delivered to them. It's got a seal and it's signed from Diedrich. They find themselves a little bit curious to what's inside, and they open it there and then. Within it are contained you know, a page and a half of text, basically starting off saying, I'm sorry I had to leave, but there was something I had to do. I need to go meet with someone, and I couldn't stay any longer. But I have important information to share with you, and it's contained within this letter. But before you read on, I need you to promise not to share it with anyone, because it's extremely sensitive. And after you've completed reading the letter, I would urge you to burn it. The party then looks to each other kind of suspiciously and reads on. Within the rest of the letter is information about three other people who also are going to be killed and murdered by the same perpetrator who killed Father Morton. It says a watchman is next to die. Then a dwarf. And last but not least, a veteran, a war veteran of Midnight, a war hero almost, is going to die. Yeah, and the letter doesn't say how he could know about those murders. He says something about, um, don't ask me how mm -hmm. I know it, mm -hmm. but use this information wisely. Um, yeah, and the, the players, after the, the heroes after that, uh, after reading, debate a little bit about are we actually burning this? Because this looks like maybe mm -hmm. Diedrich is not what he seems to be, or like maybe we should keep this as evidence. We burn something we don't know what's the really the relevance of it. So they, but they finally decide. I think one of them just took it and threw it in the fire, hmm. um, and that's they, the, the the letter end was of burned. Really. Yeah, end of discussion <laughs> right there. Um, so the group left and went uh, to the next step of their investigation. So this decided to go to the Collegium Theologica. That's basically a big library of Middenheim. There's multiple ones. That's that's one of them. Uh, to gather information about this cave and they want to do research um, for the first step. Mm -hmm. Kind of figure out, you know, where, where, where might they live? How are they like? Is that wound that we saw in Father Morton truly skaven? Is the weapon truly skaven? Um, they have the dart. And, yeah. and as they debate this, they actually, by complete coincidence, stumble upon another death. Another person murdered. And just as Diedrich predicted in his letter, mm -hmm. it was a, a guard, a watchman. Yeah, so the, the, the group uh, advance and go see like the commotion and they see a watchman dead there. Uh, there's a crowd around it. Mm -hmm. It looks pretty like new, like yeah, in, like, in the like sense it just just happened. Just happened. Um, he's and he's a lot of the things seem to be very similar to what happened to Father Morton. Mm. He's near a window, just like Father mm. Morton. He's got the uh, like veins, the veins yeah. like the weird like dark coloration that looks like the same wound that Father Morton had. They find mm -hmm. the dart with the little poison compartment mm -hmm. and actually are able to inspect the body of this watchman. And they confirm that it is indeed some form of poison being injected. 
yeah. Well, the, the certain members do that. Otis looks at, at the window most more closely because it's weird that in both cases there was a window. Now they're outside of the building. They're not inside of the mm -hmm. library. But he looks at the um, he looks at the window and figure out that he know he knows how to lockpick and how to enter buildings like that. And he figures out that even though the window is not made to be opened from outside, there he would probably find a way to do it with the good with the the right tools. Mm -hmm. So he goes inside, look at the window's mechanism, and basically notice that there are the scratches he would expect from someone breaking in. So he believes that someone came in through that window yeah it, and it really cements and further cements their suspicions that mm -hmm. you know something's up to no good someone's breaking in someone's or breaking out or what have you and and doing these these harmful things to people of uh, of some somewhat importance they can't seem to figure out why and what the connection is between these two parties but uh it's it's another lead it's more information for them to to taken so after entering the library they asked to talk to the person in charge and they are brought in front of albrecht zeinstein very interesting name um who's very uh, an elitist and he believes himself they they, they gather really quick him, yeah really. they gather pretty quickly that he believes himself above the people in front of him and he's like what are you doing here what do you want and um, Umgrim is being Umgrim by saying stuff like, give us information. And I don't remember exactly what, but he's like, I don't want to talk to you. You're too, you're too loud, right? Just stay. I'll, I'll talk to, to the priest of Sigmar, mm -hmm. someone educated. And Umgrim is not having it. Yeah, he's not happy and completely rubbed the wrong way. Umgrim feels snuffed, feels... You know that this person is being so rude to him and kind of enters into a, a small state of rage and strikes him with his battle axe not not the sharp side he kind of hits him across the head with the the back of his hilt and say you know pay respect to me i'm as just as good i'm a slayer i'm a dwarven slayer mm -hmm. and that was not a yeah. smart move <laughs> yeah and then the 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 Albrecht is like, goes, ah, ah, what? You're assaulting me. You're assaulting me. And he's calling the guards and the guard comes and like, we need to escort him out. Maybe there's going to be consequences. That's when Ludolf uh, tries to calm down the situation. He uses his leadership to convince the guards that everything's under control. He's going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Ungrim is still uh, oh, yeah. Under frustrated. Understandably still frustrated. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ludolf then uh, has uh, uses a blessing of unification on his uh, co colleague to calm him down. So Ungrim calms down and then he accepts to being escorted out. So he's out of the conversation for now. Mm -hmm. um, and the group continue talking to Albrecht, who's a bit less receptive at this point. Yeah, they, they don't seem to get too much more out of him, but he does allow them to continue to use the premises. Mm -hmm. And, you know continue their investigation. It's at this point that uh, Ludolf and Otis kind of come to the conclusion that maybe they should be looking at the location of mm -hmm. these murders. Uh, Ludolf has a town map that he pulls out and he's able to deduce that, you know, the Skavens might be coming from the sewers. Which sewer is the closest to the two places where the murders happened? 
It's actually a pretty a pretty clever solution, I'd, mm -hmm. I'd say. Um, so he, he does that and is able to locate using the resources of the library where they could enter into the sewers, the closest to these two murder, I guess, uh, sites. Yeah. And they also uh, use the, the knowledge, dwarvish knowledge, dwarven knowledge of Umgrim to open the sewer gate and they make their way through the tunnels, mm -hmm. making the, the sewers. And, you know, here it's, it's night and day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Middenheim is a relatively big city. It's relatively, I don't want to say clean, but for the standards of, of, of the time and given the situation, especially compared to what's under beneath, there's a stark contrast. You know, the, the width of the smells of the sewage, the bodies, the, the rats, the human excrement and animal excrement is just completely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, but the party has to truck on. Ludolf's career is at stake here. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're going literally in the dark, but they have torches, but also in the dark in terms of they, they don't know where they're going. They just know it's Skaven, sewers, location... They're probably close, but mm -hmm. they don't know exactly. But um, making sure to pay attention to everything, um, Otis notices uh, marks on the walls um, that he believes is probably marked by other humans, like rat catcher people uh, that go into sewers to clean the sewers and mm -hmm. maintain them to orient themselves. Um, but Ludolf is, however, quick to correct him and says, no, no, no. Um, we shouldn't just dismiss this as rat catcher markings. This is Skaven. This is written in a, in a tongue that Skaven speak. And there's parts of it missing, parts of it hidden uh, beneath other murky sewage. Uh, everyone kind of looks to each other in disgust. <laughs> and they all know what needs to be done. Yeah. And they're like, okay, how do we... Who, who's going to do that? And basically, Randall draws a short, uh, short straw and has to do it. So he wraps himself in more cloth and like his face and his hands. And he's like, okay, and he uses his hand to remove the, the murk. And I ha like he like gags and even vomits a little bit. And, but manages to like reveal a really crudely made map on the sewer's wall. Mm -hmm. And they figure out that they, they can basically orient themselves using this thing and they figure out they're like, okay, now we need to turn right and then left. And there's a marker. They're not sure exactly what, but there's a Skaven symbol at a certain end uh, of one of this, uh, these corridor. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they kind of consider this a small victory. Maybe they found mm -hmm. a hideout or a lair that the Skavens are staying in. So they start working their way in that direction. And that's when they hear some some scratching and some some scuttering. It maybe it's an enemy. Maybe it's a Skaven. Uh, Ungram immediately jumps to that conclusion and rushes in. Yeah, before a plan was made, uh, he basically hears something at the end of the corridor, and that corresponds to this marking. Mm -hmm. So he just charges in and kills the first thing he sees. And after. Coming out of his uh, momentarily rage, see that it was big rats, not skavens, but huge rats. And those rats were feasting on a human foot. Um, before he's able to fully 
take in the situation, he actually finds himself now ensnared in a, in a net of some kind of makeshift trap. It's nothing for him to destroy it. He qu quickly tears himself out of it. But in doing so, he doesn't notice the Skavens that approach them. Those humanoid rat men, uh, basically huge rats standing on two feet. Uh, they're maybe four, four feet high. They have long whiskers, crude teeth, beady eyes. They're full of disgust and dearth and filth from living in this, you know, the sewage mm -hmm. and other kind of nasty places. They wear makeshift armor, clothing that's a bit like, disgusting. And they have makeshift weapons, blades uh, that are not very well made at all. Um, at, at this point... There's no other solution here but to try to fight your way out of this. So the party swings their axes, shoots their arrows, and is able to defeat the handful of Skavens that are there. But as they move forward, they find themselves now entering into the lair of the Skaven. Dun, dun, dun. And this is where we'll stop Yeah, for now. Um, and we'll segue into our second segment, the Behind the Game Master Suite. And this part, we're going to have some spoilers. So if you don't want to have any of the story elements spoiled for you, I'd suggest that you stop here. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, for those of you who are sticking with us, Chris and I have prepared some questions about the game, about the you know how, how it felt. So uh, First thing to mention... You weren't there for that game. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason Diedrich gave a letter, uh, Matthew knew he wasn't going to make it that day. I don't remember exactly why, and it's not important. But uh, he knew in advance and decided, took it upon himself, to write a, letters, a letter to the other players. Mm -hmm. um, so everything that Diedrich said, Matthew prepared in advance, gave me the letter to give to them. And it was a cool, a cool thing. So uh, that's maybe... A good place to start this this letter uh had the what what did you expect the effect of this letter would be in terms of in the story or even as the player i don't know i i kind of wanted for the players to start questioning diedrich a little bit mm -hmm. you know at this point he's just been this shy nervous character who hasn't really said or done too much and i kind of wanted to give them a, a bone to try to encourage them to look into his backstory or to mm -hmm. say like, okay, in, I want them to start piecing together the fact that he's a sorcerer or a wizard rather, a blue wizard at this mm -hmm. point. So I gave them this letter. I kind of expected them to be like, how would he know this information? Mm -hmm. Maybe they would look into it or maybe you would say something. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But Well, that's kind of what happened. They were like, they, they, Diedrich clearly knows something we don't mm -hmm. and how like it it looks like it didn't even happen yet uh, my players are were not at this point familiar with any of the lore regarding certain kind of wizards or anything so they didn't piece it out they mm -hmm. didn't figure out exactly what happened but something was weird so I think it really it was a great tool to foreshadow a coming re reveal of your character. Yeah. So I think it worked really well. And it created a cool moment at a table where they were discussing, are we at burning the, the letter? And I had previously asked Matteo, like, do you mind if they actually burn the letter? Because mm -hmm. you asked them to do it and in, in, in it. 
Um, so the players were like, oh, yeah. One, pe one person was like, I grabbed it and I throw it into the fire and I gave them the the lighter and they're like really i'm doing this so it was just like you know using props yeah it yeah. was uh it was cool but we we don't remember exactly every word because we don't have it anymore <laughs> no i know i should have taken a picture or something but yeah. i didn't think of it but you know it was i'm happy that i'm happy they enjoyed it props are always always add another element to the game and that, that was part of it too i wanted to be there but not be there mm -hmm. exactly i think we mentioned in the last uh behind a GM screen that you had this vision about those three deaths, right? Did we? Yeah, I mean, if, if we didn't, I guess it's worth mentioning now that Diedrich has this power where he can do a premonition to kind of look mm -hmm. into the future. And he he took some downtime to look into who was going to die. Or, or actually, I don't know if it, I asked yeah, that you, specifically. You, yeah, but... you asked a question regarding the Skaven and the murders and everything, and that's what you saw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A description of um, this watchman in front of a library a dwarf in front of some kind of dwarvish building and a veteran being killed in an alley. Um, so that's what you mentioned a little bit of it yeah. in the letter. So it was... Uh... So despite not being there, uh, looking over the, the game notes from that session, I, I do wonder, Chris, did the party find themselves ahead or behind on the story elements like in terms of the investigation where exactly do they find themselves compared to what you expected it was uh i was i was very pleasantly surprised with how the investigation went because i thought this whole session and maybe the next one would be investigating different things the three murders were steps i planned that i didn't think you would necessarily find the interest so for instance first thing uh the group deciding to start with going to the library was very surprising to me because mm -hmm. I decided that the watchman was going to be killed that morning at that library in advance. I didn't put that <laughs> in front of the players, like wherever they went, they, they, they go, they're going to be a dead watchman. No, that was coincidence. And I, and I loved it. Mm. And uh, so that was great. I will, at the, the other thing I didn't, I didn't, um, foresee was the player playing Ludolf taking the map I gave him amongst his other sheet and actually saying like oh one death there oh the other death is there the city is huge and the two deaths are really close by maybe there's a sewer entrance close to mm. that that's probably and that was made on purpose the other death would reveal that like the other two death I plan would also be in that spot cool so I I was like mm, that's that's great and then they went in the sewers i'm like it's gonna be so hard to find and then someone does i think like a, a very good um role to find something on the walls and then i in my head it's the symbol with the map underneath no not the map in my head it was the skaven symbol not the human thing and then ludolf rolls and roll basically a awesome critical hit it's not it's a 10 in the fate system which yeah, is right. very 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 unlikely and I was, everybody, everybody was like a 10. So I had to give him what I had. So that's where he found the map and then found his way there. So that was way faster than I thought. Okay. So I would, that in basically the coming events made it that you saved the life of the dwarf and the veteran after. 
Mm. So I had already established that in my head, this time seeing thing was not a set in stone, like in terms of like what you see is not set in stone. You can change it. Otherwise, what's the point of having it? Well, what's the point of having it? And also it's not great for role playing game work in movies and stuff like that, but it's, it's not great for role playing games. So they basically changed the future there. Yeah. That's pretty cool to be able to adapt like that. I, Especially if you had already had a lot of this stuff. Yeah, like I said previously, I had cal- uh, calendar. Yeah. So I had the dates of the deaths. Um, and basically, this the the what we know at this point are the Skaven behind all of this mm-hmm. had different objective for these three. Uh, for the library, it's not a huge spoiler, but it was a book. It was to get a certain book that we'll discuss in the further episode and there was other things for the, the other two so whatever and there's like an evil plan behind it and everything yeah, yeah. so whatever you didn't stop it would give to the, to the enemy thing. yeah but stopping it right away really slowed down the progression of the villain of the story well i'm sorry i missed that game there chris it sounded like it was a lot of fun um yeah stay tuned because um after that the, the the next blood and betrayal will be about this this combat and there's a lot of interesting thing happening in this combat even though it's fighting and after that we'll do a blood and betrayal where we have a session one on one me and Matteo basically of what's happening while he's gone mm-hmm. and then the the two story will uh, will merge so keep keep uh, an eye on this yeah it's it's gonna be cool it's actually the first time I ever played in a one on one game so it it was it was a uh a new experience for me that I'd love to share with everybody. Um, but let's not, let's not spoil anything now. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you for listening. I'm really happy you guys tuned in. Um, as always, you can reach out to us if you have questions, comments, or, or want to say hi. Uh, you can reach out to us on, on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is roll underscore play underscore chat. Or if you want to write to us um, by email, we have a Gmail account. We contact roleplaychat, all one word, at gmail.com, um, where you can write us. Mm-hmm. And in some exciting news, we are now approved to have our audio podcast of role, of these episodes and of the Roleplay Chat discussions on iTunes. So if you have an iPhone and you use Google, or not Google, if you're on, a, if you're on an iPhone and you use Apple Podcasts, you can now find us there. Just look up Roleplay Chat, same as our channel name. Uh, we're also on all other podcasting platforms like Stitcher. Actually, not, Stitch, not Stitcher yet. Spotify. Spotify, Podbean, um, Google Podcasts. Yeah. You can find the information below in the, yeah. the doobly-doo. And so I, I think that covers everything we needed to for today, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat.